Welcome to Right to Life, the Michigan's Life Beat. I am your host today, Chris Gass. Joining me are Anna Plymer and Emily Kroll. Back again. Back again. Uh, What's her last name? Kroll. He said it two different ways, but that's he said, fine. He said Kroll. Yeah. Well, you got you got like, you know. Um, there's the English way. You revert to the German <laughs> way. You know, Casey. Casey was supposed to be Casey Kreiner, not Kreiner, and it's frustrating. Just be glad I got your name right now. <laughs> Finally, <laughs> ironic. Finally, she forgot her last name once last week. I did, and it was really awkward. Oh well, your husband but wasn't I didn't there. For, I didn't forget it. I just forgot which name right. I gave them. Oh. So this is a pro-life podcast, and we talk about <laughs> we talk, talk about, about name, important things. Uh, origins. So uh, today we're going to talk about uh, Japan, and not in a good way. And we are going to talk about our wonderfully fair and neutral Attorney General Merrick Garland, who should be on the Supreme Court. Eh. Um, and uh, but first, we're going to talk about the Michigan legislature. So right now, the House and the Senate in Michigan are following through on promises. You know, they passed Proposal 3. It's part of our Constitution in Michigan. But, I mean, they're not dummies, so they're not just going to leave our uh, 1931-1846 law on the books. So they are in the process of repealing it. Uh, the House as a whole has passed a repeal. The vote was 58 to 50. Um, two Republicans voted for it. And two were absent. More, well, two were absent. More on that later uh, than today. And then um, there in the Senate, the, uh, the Senate committee has passed it. It's on the floor of the Senate, and we have yet to have action. Won't be happening today because they are not in session on Fridays. But um, yeah. Frustrating. Very, very. Um, I, I think a lot of people misunderstand now in, in the wake of Proposal 3 just why we would need that old law on the books. Um, in truth, the, the old law is the only thing prohibiting, well, currently for hopefully a couple more weeks, um, it's the only law on the books that prohibits late-term abortions in Michigan. So once that law is gone, we have legalized abortion up to essentially the moment of birth. Um, partial birth abortion, we still have a law against that. Um, they'd kind of be dumb to go against that one right away, but that is something that they wanted mm. want to get rid of as well. So what the House wasn't just voting to get rid of a, a law that can't be enforced right now. They're getting rid of common sense restrictions against the abortion of babies that are fully capable of living outside the womb. And that's a very extreme position. And the people of Michigan yeah. did not vote. Proposal 3, they said over and over and over again, this isn't legalizing late-term abortion. The state can still regulate abortion after viability. Well, they just said, eh, but we don't want to. Right. The uh, Yeah, there's no... So, yeah, they promised, oh, well, they'll, you know, there's still, like, there has to be a health exception and all that. But right now, if you performed a abortion for uh, at nine months, the day before birth, for any reason, there is just no, le well, not yet, the Senate hasn't passed it, but there would be no legal mechanism to actually hold them accountable. Um, they're, they're counting on people not realizing that, and who knows if they realize it, because legislators are not always the smartest, uh, smartest cookies. Um, their speeches 
Floor speeches were pretty good, though. That's true. Yesterday. They were well prepared for their floor speeches. And there were a lot of them and almost none of ours. Uh, so it was kind of interesting. We should talk about in the committees that uh, typically in the past, uh, you know, when Republicans were running the show, that, you know, both sides would get generally an even number of speakers. Usually on our bills, there'd probably be two or three uh, people commenting on a bill and a committee on each side. Um, you know, we were used to that. That's what, how it always worked. And then these bills, it was more like, instead of three to three, it was more like, what, 20 to one? Yeah. 20 to 0.25? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they're ruling with an iron fist. Are you talking about the floor speeches? No, the, oh, the committee oh, the hearings. the committee hearings. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah, they think they are running the show. The committees are stat like they oh, do the not public care about. You mean? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the Democrats running the show. They do not care how things used to operate. They think they run everything now, and they're gonna do it how they want. Come hell well, or high interesting water. little side bit is Hennessy was there who was our public affairs associate and she works with Genevieve the legislative director and she said that whenever a pro-lifer there was um five pro-lifers that were able to speak during the senate um committee hearing meeting and they were giving 15 minutes total for the five people because they were being very strict with the time but when the pro-abortion people were speaking they could talk about whatever they wanted. It didn't have to be about the bill. And they could talk as long as they wanted to. Without but interruptions. No interruptions. Which all five pro-lifers were interrupted the whole time they were trying to speak. Senator Hertel, right? Yes. But he was being told um, by the sponsor of the bill. She kept mouthing to him whenever a pro-lifer would say something that she didn't agree with. Oh. Um, kept mouthing to him to stop the person that was making the comment and interrupt them so that they couldn't keep talking about it. So very clearly biased, not even trying to hide it at this point. Not confidence. Yeah, it's almost like they're afraid. They are afraid. Of what they would say. But they should be. Right. And Genevieve was picked to go last, to speak last, because they were hoping that the 15 minutes would be up at that point and she wouldn't get the chance to because obviously she'd have great points and it would, would all be logical and make sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Instead of the pro-abortion side talking about their personal pro-abortion stories and how uh, the 24-hour waiting period should be repealed. Super relevant. They really hate that 24-hour waiting period. They have consistently referenced that as something they're gunning for. Mm -hmm. um, they haven't. They haven't gone for anything else yet. I know that they're they're doing other things. They just had the budget supplemental stuff and tax stuff passed, and now they're on gun control. And but they're really trying to front load it. I know. I can see reporters getting frustrated. They're just like ramming stuff through without notice, and reporters are like, "I don't even know what's going on." Are you gonna? Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting to see reporters who were so happy that they took control of the legislature not you know being happy at the level of transparency um, you, you mean the same reporters that lied on their behalf during the proposal three campaign those reporters I, yes I those, reporters. those reporters um <laughs> so the senate i mean we can assume is going to move pretty quick 
they're going to be very celebratory about it. But again, people are not going to realize that, um, you know, in a sense, it is violating their promises. They're not leaving some law or putting some alternate law in place. Um, Republicans put up a bunch of amendments to try to hold them accountable to what they promised for all the proposal three things, and they voted them all down. Mm -hmm. um, you know, th but that's how abortions operated for 50 years, um, especially in states like California where there's no opposition um, that you know, organized enough to have power is they tell people, oh, oh it's regulated. It's, I mean, we see this in suicide too. There's, oh, it's regulated, there's protections, blah, blah, blah. We're protecting people, blah, blah, blah. And it's just nothing. It's a wild, wild west. Get away with whatever they want. Um, yeah, I saw, what, was it yesterday? You know, there's another ambulance going away from the Ann Arbor Planned Parenthood. Another botched abortion. I don't know if we're ever going to hear Probably what not. happens about that. You know, no, still to this day, you know, the Planned Parenthood in Kalamazoo never held accountable for the death of Cree Irwin. In pretty ridiculous fashion, you know. They just don't follow up with patients. Just and surprise, surprise, the House just voted to get rid of legal consequences for people who kill women in a botched abortion. Wow. Yeah. Well, they wow. didn't have consequences before. So. Well, that was more of an enforcement thing, and there were some that were held accountable under that law. Um, but you have it's to know about it. You have to know about it. For and you it have to, to be have enforced. you have to have a prosecutor who's willing to uphold right. the law. Kalamazoo did not have that. Um, and honestly, we can we can make laws, we can pass laws, we can protect laws, but if there's not the will to uphold the law, then what's mm. the point of having a law? So people people like to say all the time, you know, we're a nation of laws. Well, no. We're a nation of political will, and if you don't have the will to uphold the law that you pass in the first place, don't bother to pass the law. Speaking of political will <laughs> and doing things in the dark of night, <laughs> oh, <gosh. laughs> so our intrepid Attorney General Merrick Garland, um, who of course we can never forget that when Antolin Scalia died, um, President Obama nominated Merrick Garland as the moderate uh, compromise uh, choice for the Supreme Court that everyone should get behind. And if you don't, it's an illegitimate process, blah, blah, blah. Um, I thank Mitch McConnell and Lindsey Graham for very few things, preventing <laughs> him from being on the Supreme Court. I will sing their praises for that until the day I die. God bless Lindsey Graham. <laughs> thank you both. <laughs> Now, you know, keep it going, but... All right. Um, so he was in a Senate hearing, and senators were grilling. I think it was, was it Josh Hawley or Ted Cruz? Ted they... Cruz and Mike Lee were really oh, the ones Lee. who took yeah. it okay. to him. Um, yeah, based Mike Lee. And, <laughs> based Mike Lee. And the Kodiak, or the Zodiac killer, mm -hmm. Ted Cruz. Um, so they were ta asking him about the whole situation with Mark Hauk and how could you do this raid and why, you know, why are you not going after these attacks on pregnancy centers, but you're sending all these pro-life protesters up for federal charges. Um, for you pushing know, a guy. For pushing a guy. Yeah. Who's pretty Who much threatening his son. Right. Yeah. Okay. Maybe pushing him, probably not the wisest thing to do, but... You know what? That's a misdemeanor. He's fine. I know. That's He's a, fine. That's a that's a misdemeanor. Do some community service. It, which at, was at worst. Which was you know 
Or the guy can just, just suck it up and say, oh, I got or pushed. Or he cannot be a, yeah, there was no local charges because the police were like, this is stupid. Well, and then when the man he had pushed came forward to sue him, said, said uh, escort from Planned Parenthood never showed up in court. And so the charges were dismissed. It's like... And the escort it was, was violating Planned Parenthood policy. It was it says escort death escorts shouldn't engage with the pro life people. There's nothing even they burgers. Love to do that. There's nothing burgers, and then there's it doesn't even get to that level of nothing. Well, there's a whole other level below nothing burgers. Yeah, really. non-existent burgers. Non- <laughs> <laughs> Void burgers. <laughs> Void uh, burgers. I don't know. Um, so anyway, uh, you know why. Merrick Garland, Master of Fairness and Equity, are you having this disparate treatment of crimes, things that are not federal crimes being prosecuted as 15-year felonies and firebombings not being, you know, investigated? And he said, I mean, and I'm I'm paraphrasing, but, but oh, it was me. really dark. <laughs> you couldn't catch them in the dark. We couldn't see them. It was nighttime. But insert more. Uh, uh, well, uh, well, you see, uh, uh, when it's dark, um, we we it's hard. We put out a a a a, a public uh, a reward. Like, and not to mention that he never even commented on Mark Houck's what happened with him. He just no. he just brushed over it and pretended like there was <laughs> like ignore this thing we were doing. Yeah, like we arrested him in the middle of the morning in the dark. Obviously, you can have operations when the sun is not up fbi and doj um it's just it was it was an excuse like you would hear from a a, an elementary school student like Mm -hmm. no he pushed me first like so if you're a terrorist out there you know listening to this on c-span probably not likely but in, in the eventuality that you were and uh then the message you get is well gee as long as i'm committing uh violent crime or property dark. crime against the right class of people, you know, those icky people the mm-hmm. media doesn't like, then I can get away with it as long as it's in the dark. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's in the day, you know. Maybe they'll investigate it. Maybe they'll steal the videotape you know, from the pregnancy center, you know. Maybe I they could won't. see that logic working for one attack on one pregnancy resource center. Like, oh, we actually didn't get any film because it was dark and we couldn't catch them for one time. But there was what 160 attacks you didn't find evidence for not one of them not only that but all of the people who showed up outside of the supreme court justices houses after the dobbs leak they were engaging in illegal activity you are not allowed to pick it in protest well it was dark and if it was during the day it was overcast well they were there during the day it was overcast it's dark they can't tell emily sent the military to protect Protect the justices. What are you talking about? He did all he uh, he could. There are very okay, okay Emily. <laughs> let's let's have a serious conversation, Emily. When it's overcast, you can't see as well. Visibility <laughs> is slightly it lower. It was raining and if there was water. If and you're an military. FBI agent sitting there watching a bunch of protesters on Fox News live, it's not like you can identify those people. It's no. overcast. They are sending. <laughs> it's not like you can walk down there, you know, like, in DC, hop in your car, two minutes, park, and then like talk to them. And we it's like overcast. They might get wet. You know, I know those I FBI know. jackets with the yellow letter. If it gets wet, Emily, 
you know, those are permanent press. And what if they have a, you know, the laundry isn't really You good know, they're, the funding keeps getting threatened and they might lose their dry cleaning privileges. It's like we learned last week that they are sending agents of, undercover into pro-life meetings to record people because they might at one point violate the FACE Act. But so, people yeah, the, literally are burning down nonprofits. Ooh, it's dark outside. It's like, give me a, give me a break. This is where the political will thing happens. We have laws. They obviously have the political will to commit violence, commit violence, terror. and Threaten. terror. And the people who are supposed to uphold the law have support. the political will to punish their enemies and reward their friends. They support the violence. If they didn't support the violence, it they, wouldn't be happening. They would even they would be even be talking about it. You know, doddering old Joe nice. Biden mentioned it, but Gretchen Whitmer's not. Gretchen Whitmer's probably smiles. I'm, I'm, I'll say right now, if a Pranksy Center went up in flames, Gretchen Whitmer would probably be laughing about it. Probably. She would probably know the people who struck. I the mean, match. I would like to say otherwise, but until I actually hear some words, you know, because there've been several attacks in Michigan, you know, they aren't saying anything. Well. Okay, let's take this. They either support it or they're afraid of denouncing their own side. Afraid. They're afraid, they're afraid. of their own people. Yeah. Yeah. And that is a thing. And for for the supposed silent majority in, in the country, there's a difference between turning the cheek and watching someone firebomb your neighbor's house. Well. Pick one because it's not going to stop. So we either have to elect the people who are going to actually uphold the law or i don't know it'll be the end of our nation i mean that's really where we're at we've talked about this we've talked about this on the on the podcast i know weeks ago i know i deal in politics yeah we talk about it but you know we talked about how what gets done about it it would be the end of our nation and people would have enough at that point remember that well, I mean, yeah, it, it, at I some point, no. you know, <laughs> you know, we take for granted in America, you know, we we traditionally we have very low corruption compared to some like especially like Southern Europe and and Asian countries, even wealthier, you know, not wealthier, but wealthy countries. Yeah. Um, you know, we True. you the neighbor does something to you, the neighbor gets arrested. You know, we take that for granted so much. Mm-hmm. And you know, countries fail, societies fail. I mean, look at, I mean, look at El Salvador right now. I saw a news story this morning. They're taking, they're plowing over the gravestones of gang members because they have gang signs on them. They've like banned the gang sign, just like in, you know, Germany, they banned the swastika. Like there's just a complete breakdown of order. And like a lot of people are worried about like the leader of this country and if he's a dictator. But you know, when you break down public order, you know, Talk about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. If people don't feel safe leaving their house, mm-hmm. first person that comes along that promises that gets a lot of support. So, And a lot of humans suffer because of that. Right. It's never good when someone comes in and says, I'm the government and I'm here to help you. Unless you really need it. Unless you really, <laughs> really need, need it. it. But uh, after a societal collapse and where law and order is not upheld, it's a bad sign. So speaking of... The will to carry on. Uh, let's talk about Japan that is not exhibiting the will to carry on as a nation or people. Um, 
So I know that we've, we, we keep talking about it and it's starting to get more attention and it's a good thing because, you know, uh, you know, we're talking about the demographic crisis we're facing and abortion is, I won't call it the main cause of it, but is, you know, right up there as a top cause of it because we've killed, I mean, we kill every, every year on this planet 50 million or so, as best as we can tell, um, babies. That's a lot of people. Uh, so Japan, the news was for the first time ever, the number of deaths in Japan is now twice the number of births in the country. So for every one baby that's born, two people are dying. Um, and at first glance, you're like, well, then wouldn't they not have a demographic crisis because now like the old people are... But, I mean, the, the, the age demographics, can, the births continue to decline... And so this is an accelerating problem in Japan such that I, I think we mentioned the other day on the podcast that the prime minister of Japan is saying that we're if we don't fix this, we are going to lose our ability to function as a nation. So when I say they aren't going to continue as a nation, that's not me. That's the assessment of the, the new prime minister of Japan. Was Japan the one that said we're the young people or was that China? That, that was China, the last generation. Okay, yeah. um, but all of Eastern... But maybe they don't care in Japan that they're... <sighs> you know, I get the sense that they are not as pessimistic. I mean, because they don't... Japan is not an oppressive state like China. Um, right. We'd, we determined that they were just doing it and, because they were feminists and didn't want to have kids. Well, right. But and in, in South Korea, they talk about the untacked society as a thing, like... I haven't yet heard anyone in Japan like happy or advocating for it. Um, there was that creepy dude that the New York Times did who's like, we need to start committing seppuku of the you know ritual suicide of the elderly. Oh, you didn't see that, Anna? No, I didn't see that. It was brutal. He was a he was like he was a professor at some Ivy League college. He was Japanese, but he was saying basically we need to start murdering the elderly yes. to take care of the population problem. And the New York Times is like, that's what this guy says. And here's a little criticism on, like, you know, the 20th paragraph. But this is what this guy says. Um, mm -hmm. so you want to talk about breakdown of public order? Like, in America, like when the poo hits the fan with Social Security and Medicare, and we have to either choose either the young people are going to pay or the old people aren't going to get their money. The young people don't care. Well, they care. They're resigned to their fate. But yes. You, they're, the level of resentment that I detect mm. from my generation and below, even the Gen Xers, is off the charts. Retirement will be a myth by the time I'm that old. But, It'll right, be but, one of those stories that people tell to their grandkids. <laughs> Back when I was your age, we used to be able to stop working before we died. <laughs> because even my friends who... I don't know how closely they follow these kind of things and population and whatever. They're like, oh yeah, I'm, we're not getting retirement. They already, they already don't. But it, the, they but already that, that they're saying that they understand in the future it's bad, but they're not doing anything. But that second that number in their paycheck coming out of Social Security and Medicare taxes starts to go, has to go up that first week. What can they do about it? They can get angry. People get angry. Elect better people. There's a reason Social Security is still the third rail of American politics. That's true. So, I mean, so Japan, you know, to get us back on track a little bit, I mean, Japan is the one Eastern Asian country that I have not heard before, like, 
any movement to blindly accept it. But they just seem, I mean, I don't know if they're resigned to it, but I don't, they just, they, they don't even know how to fix it. Yeah, they are, they've been taking small steps in the last year and a half to try and get young people to socialize more. Um, <laughs> no, really. Um, the, socialize? The, the Japanese government has. Like, yeah, in person. Yeah, like, they're going the opposite of the untact. Like we need the intact society. I don't know. Like yeah, but they they've in, been in like of like of having more kids. They've been putting out ads <laughs> encouraging young people to drink alcohol. Um, oh. One is because they've lost a lot of tax revenue on on alcohol, but two because they want young people to like talk to each other in person, and then hey, maybe those young people who talk to each other in per- person will be like. You're pretty great. I kind of want to marry you and have kids. Like that's what they're hoping. Uh, we'll see if it works. <laughs> but that so, seems like a a slow way, a roundabout way of getting there. Well, I don't think they What's can. What's the other option? Yeah, if they come out, I don't know. Yeah, well, but then they get criticized by all the population control people. Oh, like Texas just passed a bill for like you like a ten percent. It didn't pass, of, did it? it was I don't just, know if it, it was passed, introduced. But a 10% deduction off your property taxes for every kid, and then people are up in arms. Yeah. So um, have 10 kids, you're exempt you're from property You're not funding the taxes. schools, keeping, you know, aside from the fact that schools are closing because there's not enough kids to keep right. going. Yeah. No, but I mean, so you think about solutions to it. I know we talk about the problem a lot. You know, the, the big solution would be, you know, stop killing babies. Solution number um, one. Solution number two, people talk about uh, immigration, but um, you know th- this is a this population problem is everywhere. India is at um, re- just replacement fertility; they're going down. You know those African nations are like the only ones that are growing. You know you look at a place like Nigeria that has a big population, but as they start to get rich, you know if they start to adopt the same values as the cultures that all this money that we accumulate seems to do to the rest of the world whether it's western or eastern nations or everything are they going to fall into the same trap like the immigrants aren't like they don't fall from the sky you know they have mm-hmm. to come from you know when a man and a woman love each other you know like if that's not happening <laughs> there're no more immigrants to import so that's one thing. And then, of course, Japan is a very notorious, you know, very, I would say they have a very strong culture mm-hmm. and very difficult to assimil- uh, assimilate there. Um, and then number two, people say, well, like you said, well, let's just pay people to have more kids. And that helps a little bit. But you look at, like, Sweden. Sweden did, like, this massive rollout. And then they, like, popped back up above the replacement fertility level for two years. So since 1967, I just looked at these numbers the other day, Sweden has had two years of, of all that time, you know, 60 years, where they were above replacement fertility. Like, so the policy, like, everyone has babies for, like, a few years, and they forget about the incentives, and it goes mm-hmm. back down. And Sweden's total fertility rate today is the same as the United States, which is 1.6, which is not good. It's better than South Korea's suicidal, what is it, what did we say, 0.9? Point eight. eight. Yeah. I think I, oh, I didn't look what Japan's is recently. But it's, South Korea is it better. It's in the 1.2, yeah. 1.4, somewhere. But still, these are no country 
you know, Hungary is trying this now with a bunch of incentives and I mean, we'll see, but until, you know, something really bad's going to have to happen or something's going to come a great idea or we're going to have to start uh, living like it's, I don't know, post a 1300 again. 1300 again? That's a long time ago. Uh, Who knows? But, but. Uh, no one has any great ideas and, you know, again, simple solution really easy fix like stop killing babies that would go a long way to shoring up those numbers it really would you know so if you know if you're out there and you're like well you know i don't really care if babies are being killed you know whatever not my problem well it, you will when you can't retire it's gonna be yeah <laughs> it's going to be your problem down the road so uh every evil has a not just a cost in morality and humanity but a, a real cost to society down the road. On that always happy note that we leave this podcast. <laughs> what was Stay. this where we go, it's not too late. It's never too late. It's I'm never late. too late. We can always hit rock bottom and go back up. That's true. The only question is how far down do we want rock bottom to be? It'd I, be better, I would be okay. It would be better if this is rock bottom today. Yeah, let this and be rock bottom. <laughs> 20 years down the road. All right. Well, stay safe in our winter storm that may or may not be coming this weekend. Enjoy it, and we'll talk to you again next week.